0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Gales. Good, evening, David Hall. Hello. Tony Groves. Howdy, gentlemen. And back again, special guest Taylor Burris. Good evening. Hey, Taylor. So, yeah, you've been on the show quite a, quite a bit in the past. Uh, You're uh, co-host over there at the Burning Rubber Radio, which is on the Performance Motorsports Network, where iRacer's Lounge is also a part of. We're really proud of that. Uh, tell us uh, what, what's been going on with you uh, this spring uh, since the last time we talked.
1: Well, a lot's been quite going on. Things been going quite well with the Bobby Dale Earnhardt Reg- Legacy eSports team that I am officiating with and work with. Bobby's got a lot. Actually got, finally, his iRacing rig up and running to where he can be able to compete. And actually has done quite well since coming on board and racing on the iRacing service. And then, of course, working with Podium. Have a lot of great events going on with Podium eSports Network. And then, of course, Burning Rubber Radio. Great show that we help. We both also affiliate with on the Performance Motorsports Network, but uh, we issued a challenge with you guys uh, over these past couple of weeks, and I think it's about time we talk a little bit about that.
0: All right. Well, <laughs> that's why you're here, Chris. Tell us what, what you, uh, you you were, you went over and talked to those guys too, right?
2: Yeah, yep, I was on their podcast Tuesday, and uh, yeah, what started out as a little bit of trash talking between podcasts has turned into a, a really cool event. Um, talked about in their podcast, and I've talked about it here a little bit, but it's uh, we're a couple of weeks out now, so things are starting to come together. Um, the race, the name of the race is going to be the Project K Nine Two Fifty. We're going to be uh, at Daytona. Um, kind of thank your uh, uh, July Daytona race
1: you know, that kind of, that kind of feel to it. Yeah, it's a great event and for a great cause too. The Project Canine Heroes is a phenomenal organization. We've had them on Burning Rubber Radio a couple of weeks ago and, you know, what they do to help support, you know, dogs that served in the military or on the police force or rescue squads is phenomenal of how they are able to help take care and kind of been able to find them a new home if available down the road. So it's a great cause. I mean, who doesn't love a dog and especially a dog with a story such as those who served for the United States.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a cause, like I said, uh, told you guys earlier this week, I didn't, i had never heard of them before. And now uh, we have a whole team full of supporters and yeah, what a great cause. And, um, so who who do you have so far? So we uh, we've really only just gotten our invites out a couple of weeks out now, and we've already got a solid maybe from Alex Bergeron. So And uh, I so when I was on there, I heard you guys were going to have Ray. And so I also tried to get Ray because he's been on our podcast more. So I figured it was a little treacherous for him to be on yours. But he said he can't be on ours or he can't race. <laughs> he's got so is, is he is, is he going to be there? Because is he telling us he can't race? He's going to be on a uh, team uh, burning rubber
1: i don't know i've we've been trying to work with them to get on there but i know a couple of people who will be there of course bobby dale earnhardt will be there jeffrey earnhardt as well and then of course the entire cast of burning rubber radio will be on there at the track competing along with the legacy esports drivers who race on the roads approach side so that's our group we are working on trying to get a couple of more people who would be interested to come on board so we're going to kind of hold our cards back a little bit and make announcements as the race progresses closer and closer to that June 26th date. And, of course, I know you guys have a great group of guys who are coming to come on board over at Tafosi Racing, as well as your special wild cards.
0: Yeah, hopefully more to come. <laughs> y- stay tuned. Yep, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you look at our guest lineup over the last uh, nine months... Uh yeah, that's pretty much who we hit up.
3: <laughs> Mike Mike is dangerous on a on a plate
1: race. Oh well of course. I mean I've raced against Mike Ellison multiple times at the play races and he is phenomenal there. I've had a few couple of wins there myself, so I know how to get around Daytona. It is a home track for me, so I know I could put up a good fight there as well
2: yeah mike i told him i was kind of thinking of the guys that they could invite the guy you know their former guests And i was thinking our former guests and they've had some big names they've had like the john forces and the elliot saddlers and i was thinking about racing them i was like well yeah elliot's new on the sim he's a real race car driver he's new on the sim and i was thinking about our guests and i'm like man our guests are so fast it's like the best of the
0: best of the sim let's get these e-racers on here i'm thinking brandon Cantell and mike conti and you know uh all these guys keegan Leahy uh yeah take you your think uh, you do pretty good
1: <laughs> pretty much you take your pick on any coat driver you have we'll try to bring on some of the professionals of the real world on there it's going to be a great race i think with everyone on there and you know it's bragging rights who comes out on top amongst the pmn shows
2: Well, i think it's going to be just like real life where i think the esports guys kind of annihilate the you know, the other guys, but, but like you said, it should be, should be fun and a good cause. You guys yep. do have a little bit of magic over there. So I, you guys have a little bit of a rebel yell and you made me do it. it. felt a little bit traitorous, but so the, that night in old bastards practice, I was fastest in practice, won the practice race, won the pole in the race the night before. And I don't, I'm not fastest ever in anything. So apparently it works. So if there's something you want to yell at us to make you faster, you can try that. We don't really have anything. <laughs> But yeah, I screwed myself in the race. I, I I burned up my tires, sped on pit road, and it was downhill from there. And there should no cautions. But
1: see, that's probably the reason why it didn't work out too well for you. Is because one, you're not part of the Burning Rubber Radio Show per se. You are part of the rival that we have that we enjoy ri- friendly rivalry we have with you guys over at the iRacers Lounge. So that's probably the reason why it didn't go so well for you with those tires.
2: Yeah, yeah, that good luck turning some bad ju real quick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, I mean. You guys are phenomenal. I mean, I've been a big listener to you guys. When you first started out, you know, years and years ago, I was an avid listener to you guys because you guys always kept us up to date in the world of iRacing before even iRacing even came out with their own podcast. You guys were sticking to the grind, getting drivers to come on show, interviewing them. It's phenomenal what you guys have accomplished in how many years has it been? I would say six ish i
0: don't even know anymore
1: i know i've lost count
0: i know it's episode 232 and we do
1: <laughs> so i mean just phenomenal what you guys have accomplished
2: we just keep mike locked in a shed that's what people don't know is that way the, that way the that's how we keep the podcast going he can't not do the podcast if he can't escape <laughs> so sometimes Fair i mean we
0: let him move sometimes the basement sometimes it's shed but you know
1: yeah well, let's shout out to
0: all those Coke drivers I messaged today. I need you guys to step up, man, and come support the iRacers Lounge and come race for us against these pros and, and show them what's up. <laughs> well,
1: we're looking forward to it That's again on June 26, 2020 at 7 p.m. Of course, it is at Daytona International Speedway with the NASCAR iRacing A cars or the Cup cars. And, of course, registration will begin on Saturday. So it is about a $20 donation to compete in this event. It is for donations. It is for a great cause, once again, for Project K9 Heroes. And if you want to also just donate, everyone, the links will be added on Sunday where you can go find out more information. So you can either go find the information on www.brr.show or our Facebook page at BurningRubberRadio. or BurningRubberRadio on Facebook.com.
0: Yeah, and what a charity too for the canine uh, police dogs. I mean, with all the stuff going against the police right now, uh, these dogs—they don't need their funding cut. So we need to step up and help them out, man.
1: I agree with you 100%. I mean, the, they're dogs. Who doesn't love a dog when they come when they see it?
2: I yeah, mean, Greg said uh, And Greg said, by the way, these dogs don't see color. If you're guilty, you're guilty. They're going to get pretty killed. much. You're going to get bit,
0: right?
1: (laughs) You're going to get something. No matter what. If you did something wrong, you're in trouble.
0: All right. Well, Taylor Burris, thanks for coming on and uh, telling us uh, a little bit about this event uh, coming up. Uh, I'm excited to run it. Uh, We'll see how you guys run. Uh, I I have never been on the track with uh, Andy, so I'm kind of looking forward to that.
1: Be careful. That's all I can say. I'm going (laughs) to warn you. I'm going to warn you ahead of time. Be careful. That, so, that's
0: gonna be I think that's gonna be our biggest
2: obstacle for the race because like I said, we I think we're gonna have a lot of fast guys. It's gonna be hey, you need to watch out for Andy Delay. He is the OBRL five IBL numbers
1: champion. <laughs> yep, five numbers. That's what that's what I like to look at him when like, okay, I like more numbers.
0: numbers. <laughs> Can we have like three resets sponsored by Andy Delay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we might have to talk about that one. I, I think you might be gone to something right there, Mike.
0: Maybe we can auction off the resets to the highest bidder.
1: Ooh.
2: I I mentioned to the team earlier, I thought it would be cool if this might never even be possible. If I could design something in where you could have uh, the tire limits built around donations where you'd have to buy your favorite driver tires.
3: Wasn't it our league that we enforced a tire limit when we started it?
2: It's just hard to we,
3: we try you just you have, you have to i mean you have to go back and basically review the replays but yeah, it would be it, that would be funny if the base based on how much you uh donate you get to run
1: that many tire sets Hmm. something i could talk to wayne about so our producer wayne owens is one one of the main ones who is heading the project a little bit so i have to make sure to talk to him about that but
3: how long is the race
1: uh, the race is 250 miles, so that
3: should... yeah, one set won't last that. N- no,
1: it will not. Oh, no. And
2: yeah, probably a lot to do for before this race, but it's a good excuse to have more fundraisers, <laughs> more yeah, you know, do more experiments, have some more, more weird experiments, races. and see what yeah. how
1: we can do. So, but I appreciate you guys for having me come on the show, and look forward to seeing who comes out on top. I'm hoping it's me, to be quite honest, because one, I love racing at Daytona, so but. Whoever comes out on top, it all is for a great cause. Period.
0: That's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. All right, we'll be there. Thanks for coming, Taylor.
1: No problem. Burning rubber, baby.
0: Burning yeah. rubber radio. I love that. We need something like that on the Irish lounge. <laughs> all right. How do you
4: yell anything casually? <laughs> we're we're t- going to say
2: we're too casual. Right.
0: We're too casual for that. Right. Good job. Good point, Tony. Thanks, Thank you for Let's bringing
3: say it in a casual fashion. Oh my burning god. Burning rubber radio.
1: Okay, no, that doesn't work. <laughs> that makes you slower. That makes you slow right there. I'm sorry.
0: You gotta think you, like you're John Forrest. When you, you, say.
1: you gotta go John Forrest level or Ken or actually better yet, Kenny Wallace level. Because Kenny Wallace was the <laughs> one who originated that burning rubber baby.
0: His face is beat red because he can't breathe. He said it so Ex- loud.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right y'all have a good one thanks again for having me come on the show
0: okay thank you uh let's jump right to topics next Uh, i got the first one uh as evan told us last week uh, they have the all-star coke race coming up and it's been announced that they're going to run the trucks at north wilkesboro uh boy this is different
4: this is a good idea oh yeah I'm digging this. This uh, put them all out of the uh, out of their comfort zone. Um, I'm sure they all run trucks now and again, but um, definitely, you know, not not to this scale. So something a little different, kind of uh, level the the playing field.
3: Definitely takes advantage of the fact that it is a sim, and you can do things like this, and it not cost everybody more money. Yeah, heck
2: yeah, yeah. Do more of this stuff. Like I said, play with things. Yeah, for these fun races, mess with stuff a little bit, just like NASCAR is doing when you have a chance to. Play with stuff, do it. You never
0: know, something might work. You might end up sticking with it. I almost wish it was the '87 Cup car though at North Wilkesboro.
3: Well, stay tuned. It might still happen.
0: Yeah, but the but the trucks is okay, and um, I I think part of the reason maybe they did the trucks is because they have all three Ford, you know, Ford now, you know, Chevy, Toyota, all the manufacturers are represented. I'm sure NASCAR is keen on that you know
4: but yeah to to help push that uh you know that part of, of the sim and with that new addition just with the last update um really push it to the forefront absolutely and then there's no uh no bickering like we had um that one race there a little while ago where you know the the fords didn't want to race because there was there was no ford truck so um, any of the guys that are that are linked to, you know, the, the real teams with real manufacturers and stuff like that just keeps everybody happy. We get to see North Wilkesboro. We get to see the pros go at North Wilkesboro. Um, everybody wins here.
0: Right. All right. We're well, looking forward to watching that. We'll see how Evan does. Uh, I wonder if Evan and team can throw it back old school style, maybe do a different kind of. Well, they already are kind of MRN style, don't you think, David?
3: Oh, definitely. And I, I their races, I enjoy as whereas opposed to most of the you know cup races, I usually turn the I I usually turn the volume down pretty low on on the race and have the MRN broadcast. And actually, I've gotten to where I can kind of listen to both at the same time because one will be on a commercial when the other isn't.
0: All right, let's jump into post-build issues. we just finishing uh, week 13. A lot of stuff came out over the week. Uh, David, what do you got?
3: we got quite a few issues here. Uh, we're going to just quick hit on some of them, and some of them were solved pretty quick, even before the first patch, and are going to be handled in the second patch. Uh, people are having trouble driving after the beta UI timeout. I have not been able to browse through the browser to see if this has been answered yet or not.
0: Like if you went to use the beta to start a race that first day and it would time out, then you would never be able to join a race anyway is the way that the bug was. So it's really frustrating for the people that it affected.
3: Definitely. Um, there's a problem with going full screen with a 32 to 9 monitor. I guess that's, the, is that the ultra-wides? Right.
0: Ultrawide. Ultra-wide.
3: And it looks like some staff responded. I don't know if they, uh, we'll have a look uh, on the thread if you'd like. You can see if they've got it fixed. This one was interesting. Is HDR broken? Because in VR, whites are blinding after the update. And I seem to be remember being told not to turn HDR on with VR.
0: Right. I I remember that too. And uh, But some people apparently do have it on and it makes it, uh, gives you a headache because it's so bright
3: yeah don't yeah if you run vr you're not supposed to have the hdr on um and i I remember having to tell somebody that either on discord or in messenger as well Um, Well,
0: also david there's an automatic control exposure now for the cameras and that also is a factor
3: okay
2: well see though it said that that's another thing that shouldn't be an issue if you have hdr disabled which i'm in a rift i have hdr disabled but i'm still getting i'm not having really an issue with whites i'm having an issue with stuff being too dark like there's some tracks i'll come out of a corner and i can't see just because i'm in a shadow and i don't know i don't know what's causing that but it's not this exactly but it's definitely been since you know the update
3: sonoma actually gets pretty dark when the cloud covers over there you going around the carousel it's it's you know it's not bad but it, it's jarring you're you're like, whoa. We also had a problem with the X-Audio 2 right ear uh, dominating. I guess being out of balance. It was like balance. louder on
0: the right than the mm-hmm. left, yeah. I didn't notice that. I checked neither it did I. myself.
3: Um, I, neither did I, but I can tell you, you know, I, we both have done sound engineering work, and if one ear is louder, it is very uncomfortable. Even if, if it's just 60-40, it just leaves you feeling... Sideways. So hopefully they get that worked on. There's a problem with the Audi GT3 not starting at Interlagos.
0: Car want to start up. (laughs) Can't drive it.
3: (laughs) And we know about the new damage model. We talked about how much uh, the damage was causing. And in the most recent patch, they pulled it out. Hopefully they got enough data uh through through I guess what we'll call a big test that they it'll come back uh even better. there were some neat things about it, but it definitely had some problems and we talked a little bit last time as well about lucky dogs getting screwed over with the shorter cautions uh Tyler did reply they are going to uh do what they they're they're working on an issue, working on the issue right now um I wish there was some way they could basically disable getting black flagged. When you didn't actually pass somebody that you're supposed to let by somehow. And, and I, uh, but that, that can be abused the other direction. So I don't know.
0: Well, the new di- damage model, I want to point out, I can't remember a time when they released a feature and then they just took it back completely. Normally they patch it, they, they like, okay, let's fix the feature and move forward. Let's fix it again and move forward. They patch it over and over until it's fixed. In this case, they just completely said, okay, we're pulling it out, and we're going well, back to the old,
3: old one. There is the uh, cautions don't count feature that's been disabled and re- re-enabled quite a few times. Oh,
0: that's true. Yeah, so there is a pre- precedent, I guess, but uh, I think it's the right thing to do. I mean, because all of us experienced that damage model was unrealistic to it to quite a degree.
3: Yeah, when you lose twenty miles an hour from tapping somebody's bumper, that's pretty rough. Um, and well, I'm not going to dig into the deeply into the patch notes, but we've we've already had one patch come out, uh, and they addressed a couple of the issues very quickly, including the damage model. We talked about how the behavior of the LMP class cars had changed. They they addressed that. There was, and there was another major issue. Uh, they they took care of a couple of them really quick. It was really nice, and they have another one coming out on th- June seventeenth. So get your why is I racing down post ready to to throw up on the uh, on the forums.
0: Look at that video on that Facebook link, and tell me what you should think. <laughs> so for our audio listeners. Uh, somebody called beer in hand racing, put up a video on Facebook of, I think it's the 87 cup car at Talladega, uh, got into a wreck and, uh, it doesn't ever stop wrecking. And the car is spinning up, up into the air and gravity doesn't seem to be in play anymore. Um, and it's kind of all over the place. It's crazy. It's the craziest video I've ever seen.
3: Yeah, I did skip over that. That's interesting. Um, there was a, I remember seeing a video earlier where a, a stock car was driving on Nuremberg and Nuremberg basically just swallowed its, its nose clip. That, that one was, was
0: cool. Yep.
3: So we always, anytime we're talking about the ladies, we always go to our resident ladies man. Uh, and Chris has some information about a lady <laughs> looking for a, a team,
2: right? <laughs> um, Yeah, we have a uh, forum post from Sarah Rab, looking to for an all-female team. Um, Said her name's Sarah, she was wanting to find some drivers to start a team slash Discord community for other female drivers within the community. I'm already doing some Le Mans 24 hours, but would love to look to do something with future events and have a general and safe community for other female drivers. Also to clarify that it would be an all-inclusive group or those who may identify as female feel free to let me know if you'll be interested or even feel free to DM me on discord discord at <laughs> Zesty. With, I feel like Greg must know this woman with Zesty with a lot of eyes and her Sarah with a couple of A's, <laughs> but uh, it might be hard to,
3: it's too know, bad Greg's married. Otherwise we should fix him up.
2: I know. Right. But yeah, that's a lot of eyes, but yeah, probably I'm um, just uh, Sarah Rab, r a a b on iracing would probably be the best way to get a hold of her Um, this this is a really cool thing um i know uh my wife's just started iracing Uh, uh tony's wife's just started iracing and man we're both having a blast with it i mean she's they're uh having their race tomorrow night but it's it's cool to see that there's other girls out there getting on hopefully they can hope there's more of this because, like I said, she's having a blast, and as long as she's having fun, that means it's more time we can spend together doing something we both enjoy, and everybody yeah. wins.
3: Somebody made a crack in in my race today about there's no way I have a girlfriend with as much as I race, and it, it really comes along the lines of there's no way I'm willing to have a girlfriend unless she i races.
0: Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those who game together stay together. Didn't we cover a i racing dating service at one point?
3: I think you were going to make me cover it, but somehow I got out of it.
2: <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, that looks. I don't think we could have done it before, but yeah, if we start getting a a little bit more of a female population in the community,
0: well, yeah, maybe. You when know, the happen. ranks when the ranks grow like they have been, I think we're naturally going to get more ladies in. Uh, now, unfortunately, it doesn't appear that any uh, females have responded to this this uh, forum post. There are a few males have saying good luck, you know, and that kind of thing, but. Ah, uh, get out there, ladies, and and hook up together and work as a team. Teams are awesome.
4: Well, this uh, she's <clears throat> excuse me looks to be, uh, you know, uh, roadside. So you know maybe uh, hook up with uh, Snail Racer. I know they're um, she's always looking for uh, new people to race with, and that that might be a good uh, good name right there to to help fill those ranks.
3: And they already have several other girls that are in the community on the, on their Discord participating in the community races. And we're also going to talk about another thing that they have going on a little bit later. With Annie. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Next up I got is a good source for understanding setups, Gen X. I think we've covered this before, uh, but it's a good time to bring it back up with all the new people. They have a website, genxracing.com. And uh, when you go there, they got all kinds of stuff, including setup matrix where if you're too tight or loose, it tells you kind of what to do. The Commodore's Garage, which is a series of articles and information about how to tighten up a car, do springs or shocks and that kind of thing. They have setups available, and uh, that's something all kinds of people are looking for. Now, I don't get involved in the setups. Do we involve Gen X setups at all in our process?
3: Generally, what we do is we go grab every setup that's out there and see which ones do best on a long run and which ones just feel right. I've I've gotten to know the car well enough. I I can just know how it needs to feel uh, to whether it's close or not. And then we uh, pull up the telemetry and make it better, you know, because every and even even within our own team, like uh, Tony Rochette has to make an adjustment to the setup as I set it. Because I, I because of the way my wheel works, I'm, I, I probably needed a little bit looser. When I had a different wheel, I know I needed it a little bit tighter. So um, we try to set up some adjustability in it and play with it. And it actually last time at Michigan, none of them none of them worked any better than this than the set we had built on our own as soon as the patch came out. Uh, we, we just pulled a, a base set from from an old set and made it work. But yeah we've, yeah, we've we tried the Gen X sets. Sometimes, sometimes that's the one that ends up being the best base. Sometimes it's Tanner's. Sometimes it's uh, one of our old sets from a previous week.
0: Yep. And they literally have a link to a Dropbox uh, where you can get A open sets for every uh, Cup track. So if you're out there uh, looking for something to use, check them out. Well, if you need a little bit more
4: customizing, but you don't want to deal with setups, uh, Raja Karuth put a uh, post out on Twitter asking about uh, an avatar, because now that we've got, you know, the open-face helmets and the 87 cars, uh, you can see a whole lot of face uh, when you take your screenshots or, you know, you're just looking around and stuff. So why not customize them up a little bit? Popped out the question, and iRacing uh, quickly got back to him and said, well, uh, that feature has actually been in the works since last year, and uh, they're targeting September build for this release, and, and you're not going to, you know, it's not going to be like a console video game where you can, you know, raise and lower the cheekbones, um, but they'll have a number of body types and skin tones you can choose from and kind of give a little bit of a customizing aspect to your your racing dude inside your, inside your car.
3: Well iRacing actually was one of the first services out there to have microtransactions. Maybe maybe you can buy different driver suits.
0: I hope they do a female uh version of that, as we were just talking about.
3: Don't I, forget that. It would it would be a serious oversight if they didn't.
4: And mustaches. They must have mustaches.
0: <laughs> the handlebar. I you know, I want my guy to look like Dale Earnhardt, you know, and can we like paint the face somehow and make it look like somebody? That would be cool. They like, take little pictures off the computer and just put wherever you want. <laughs> look like a little bobblehead of yourself floating around in the car. Like, can I just cut out like my circle of my face and like upload it to Trading Paints? <laughs> they could never do it because every one of them
2: ended up doing a butt. Like it'd just be a bunch of like 30 butts on the track. <laughs>
3: faces. Well, that would, that would actually violate the sporting code. No nudity <laughs> yeah. in the car. <laughs>
4: Yeah, but if they had mustaches, I would be okay. Yeah,
3: actually,
2: yes.
3: <laughs> oh, no, that, that would be that would be an indication that you're probably in the need of a Brazilian. <laughs> Boy, we've gone downhill today. But mustaches. So iRacing's been having a really successful year, and we've got an article here called from kicking the Um it that seen it says they've seen between the five to seven 7.5 thousand new memberships each month since March. Uh, they've been raising, they've been on the racing service and they've gained it roughly. I'm sorry, since March, they've gained roughly 60,000 new members. Um, and it's not just been pro drivers, new race fans have come in, team engineers. I mean, we were just talking about uh, Elliot Sandler and his new, he's basically has a new team that's competing pretty aggressively and pretty successfully on NIS, and I'm, I'm enjoying that seeing them out there and getting to race with them. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just a continued thing of iRacing struck gold um, through the tragedy of of the coronavirus situation. And I'm, I'm sorry to laugh, but it's ironic.
0: Yeah. Another good article about that. I mean, we, we see these pretty often. and uh, And this was a good one, I thought. It was very supportive it wasn't a negative uh, some of these go the other way with it but this uh, really kind of lifted up all the good parts i thought
3: well as with everything i mean you, you'll hear us criticize certain things but i mean it's the iRacers lounge podcast we're fans
0: now one thing that i thought was uh, noteworthy was um there was a part here that says some of the most impactful changes may have come from mike joy's feedback During the first uh, Pro Invitational, the broadcaster found it difficult to tell whose car they were riding in in the cockpit view. Uh, Irison came up with this novel solution at Mike Joy's suggestion and added the car number and last name to the dashboard in the cockpit. So that's where that came from. Apparently not just Fox uh, Broadcasting, but Mike Joy.
4: That was, you know, it's small. It's such a small little addition, but man, does it ever change things because you know not only for the pro invitational but now you know the the guys in the coca-cola series and there's just no question anymore it's you know exactly who it is because i know we've had that discussion plenty of times you know like let's put some uh faces to it and um this just makes it that much easier i mean it works so well with pro invitational now um it just makes it that much quicker, easier for the viewer to, to know who we're following and, and see all that. And as a side note to that, you can also do a little bit of customizing inside that little box. I was able to put my little uh what do you like to call it? A sloth or a beaver or um, whatever you it's an actual it's actually a it's a fish logo and angry I'm, beaver. <laughs> and I'm able to yeah. you know stick that in between the number and the last name. And so when I stream and stuff, you know, it's just, it's, it's there. Bam. It's um, yeah, it's cool.
3: This last paragraph in the summary is really interesting as well. Uh, adding the tire limits is basically setting them up to be able to start to add wet and intermediate tires, as well as the different tire uh, hardness compounds that formula run runs.
0: Wow. That's pretty cool. I, the thing about Mike joy, I was thinking is, you know, here's this guy, consummate professional broadcaster, you know, veteran. And he's like, he's probably thinking, well, why isn't there a name, you know, on the dash? <laughs> you know, why don't you guys do this? And that's probably the way it came across, but who knows. But it makes sense.
3: You might say he's a, sorry, you might say he's a legendary broadcaster, Tony. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. Let's, uh, let's dive into some more legend talk. Um, This is a little bit old, but it was, uh, with the the new series, with those 87 cars, um, you know, there's a a question and a poll put up on the forums, you know, why aren't we running the 87 rules? Um, Excuse me, like, no green-white checker, no lucky dogs, double-file restarts, you know, the lap cars on the inside lanes. Um, Well... For the most part, a lot of that uh, is actually happening. Tyler Hudson posted up a couple days later and uh, just kind of confirmed that, you know, it is set up for double file restarts. Lappers will be on the inside. They they'll take away the the green, white checker, but they are keeping the lucky dog uh, because there's no racing back to the line. That is uh, another thing that everybody is asking for is, you know, no, uh, no pit road uh, speed limit. It uh, doesn't seem like they can do it right at this time or not willing to do it for whatever reason. Um, probably because it would just be absolute hell on pit road if everybody's ripping down there at 200 mile an hour. Was would it would be really? my guess.
3: Was it really that late that they were still running free on pit roads? Uh,
0: apparently. I think it was. Now, I want to stop on the caution thing. I've been running the legend series this week and the way the caution works is the pace car picks up the field. And the next time it hits the start finish, it's one to go. There is never ever a two to go. That's how it works. So the pits open as you take the one to go. So you can't get much damage done. And if you get tires, you're barely getting out before it goes green, you know, to the back of the field. Now it's a 25 lap race at Daytona. And normally you can't have cautions at a 25 lap race because it all ends up being under caution. But because the way they lowered the the change, the cautions, it's actually not bad um, because we get back to green pretty darn quick. And it's been a, a nice, refreshing change. Now, I ran a sprint pavement car race as well in official on Tuesday night. And they had the old style, you know, regular NASCAR cautions that we're used to. And I was like, wow, man, these cautions are taking forever because I was used to the legends. And I told those guys, man, we need those NASCAR legend cautions as they're doing them with the always come to the one to go in the sprint car series. And we probably need them in all of these smaller oval series because it just makes it a a more enjoyable event, I think.
3: Well, other than the problems with getting everybody lined up, it was nicer at Michigan. To only have the two laps as, as long as we can figure out a workaround or they can figure out a workaround for the pe- people being able to get lined up and the lucky dog being able to still pit
0: right if we can get that straightened out i think they're on to something but my ask of iRacing is look can we get these one to go caution things at some of these other small uh, uh, oval series like the sprint cars uh, it would be perfect for them perfect
2: yeah i think it would probably only work for those right you'd have to have the smaller fields because i think you'd probably when you have to stick with the single file where you start probably to make it work right because that way you don't have to get lined up side by side which is probably what takes a chunk of time
3: well so, i don't know i don't know it i mean you if if haven't done it with, enough to know it depends on if you're doing double double file for the leaders or old school double file which is lap, lappers on the inside
0: um anyway uh a really good thing they've done with the cautions i thought i really like that um it's not letting people get damaged so if you get wrecked in one of these races you're pretty much wrecked
2: yeah i really like that and that's something i think i'd like and like you said some of the other races like if you hurry up then you don't you know you don't get the same guy the that Arca. does three yeah he does three damn three minutes of damage to his car and then the caution's so long that he can get the whole damn thing
0: fixed and then come back out and cause another wreck yeah, in the Arca series, the k and uh, those kind of things, this make, this is a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, next up, the, uh, this is a great movie somebody put out on YouTube uh, named Ashley Blake Hood, Blake Dash Hood, has a YouTube channel and uh, put up an iRacing movie and he named it or she named it Days of Chunder. And, uh, you play it, and it's that classic Days of Thunder, uh, where the guy's saying, "You can drive through the smoke, Cole. Stay in it, kind of thing," and uh, it, and it cuts back and forth from the movie to some iRacing racing footage of the guy in the '87 car in, at Daytona trying to get through the smoke, and uh, and just holds that throttle down and somehow makes it. But uh, what a tribute to the Days of Thunder and the 87 Cup car, um, kind of in the spirit of the videos that uh, iRacing was putting out, uh, you know, last week about it.
4: Yeah, this one's uh, certainly not quite as polished as what iRacing's been putting out, but uh, definitely in the same spirit. It was a lot of fun to, to watch that one. Um, you know, they did a pretty good job with the cuts, and... And uh, just getting the spirit of the movie in there with the racing stuff, that was cool.
0: Now, how many times have you guys tried that where, you, you know what, they're all piled up in front of me. I'm not going to miss it no matter what. I'm just going to hold down the gas and hope they clear by the time I get there.
3: I've never really gone in, in, in a bonsai mode, but when you're, when you're in a pack, or uh, whether it's a mile and a half or, or a plate track, you don't just have to kind of worry about what's in front of you. Because as soon as you react, the person in front of you or behind you, if they don't see it at the exact same moment and you stop on the brakes, you're just going to get slammed into them. And then, and it's not their fault either. It's kind of just an accident. So you're always kind of having to balance how much can I slow down and how much can I just evade and get through it?
4: Well, I don't know about all that, but I know I've hit that moment plenty of times. I was like, you know, you see that little gap and you're just like, well... It's it's all or nothing. I'm rolling the dice to hell with it. I'm putting my foot down and, and heading for that hole and hope it don't close. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it don't work at all. It but does it, work.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's there are times I've had to accelerate to make sure if you see a car start coming back down the track that you have to gun it
0: uh, so that he just won't Just to miss it. it, right. Yeah. I had that just last night in the Legends race. I uh, got a third. I had damage. I was behind the main pack. They come into the checker they wreck in three and four, a huge pileup. And I did just that. I held down the throttle and hoped it cleared by I got through there. And I kind of weaved through there. I had to get to the gas, but uh, I was able to drive through that mess and finish the race and get a nice finish.
4: Well, that's just it. Sometimes you just got to close your eyes, pray to the racing gods and hope for the best.
0: I feel like the tire smoke
2: is a little bit thicker in those cars. It might be in my imagination. (laughs) That's where, They make darker clouds to have to drive through. But next we have a tweet from Kevin Swindell. This is a pretty cool idea. He kind of put some feelers out there on Twitter on whether anyone would be interested in a subscription service um, where you would get a direct line to him for racing advice. And apparently there was some interest because this exists now for $99 a month. You'll have access to a Discord server with direct line to him as well as a chat with fellow subscribers. And so it looks like he's still in the process of getting, well, this is a little bit older. He might be uh, up and running now. But, yeah, kind of a neat thing. I like this idea. I mean, why not?
3: And if you look at it, he's actually talking about GoPro footage. So I think he's actually talking real setup cars, not just not just SIM setups.
0: Got to remember who Kevin Swindell is, and he knows a lot about dirt racing. And uh, ninety nine a month? I mean, think about your VRS subscription. What if it was ninety nine a month?
3: Wow! I better be getting a lesson every week from from Kronke on on getting around those road courses.
2: That's the that's the thing. Like, how much would you? How much could you cram into that a month? Because <laughs> they teach me everything.
0: <laughs> well, I. In, <laughs> I was thinking about this, and, okay, so let's say he gets, you know, 10, 12, 15 guys sign up, 100, you know, 100 bucks a month. And for a month, he's got these these people, like, contacting him at all hours of the day and night, and he's answering all these questions, and he's probably in all these sessions, and I wonder how much time he, he actually has to spend on it. Probably a lot. But it's an interesting business model, um, and if you want to learn dirt, boy, there's nobody better to learn it from. You would think he'd be busy, because he has, did not he have a sim
2: rig company, or a big part of one? I want to say, I don't know. I know he's in a lot of stuff, <laughs> like real life and Sim.
0: Right.
3: Do you think he's so busy he has to t- spend uh, 24 hours a day on it?
0: Maybe I don't know. I I just imagine, you know, somebody overzealous with it, you know, oh, for 100 bucks, I get full access. Right. You know, and they uh, they don't let him go. Yeah.
3: Well, I was trying to make a silly transition. Because <laughs> if you look on the if you look on the script, the next thing is actually the uh, 2020 iRacing 24 hour Le Mans. It's coming up here in a couple of weekends. Uh, it'll be the 20th and the 21st, I believe. Uh, it's going to be the usual time slots of 1 GMT and 13 GMT. That's 9 p.m. Eastern Friday night and 9 a.m. Eastern Saturday morning. It's on the 24-hour demo. You got to have at least a license, uh, a D license, 4.0 road. The sim itself is actually going to start at 1:14 sim standard time. I've learned i I learned watching a, a global sim racing channel. They like to say that splits are by i rating qualifying is attached so it's it's pretty much the standard 24-hour event now that we've seen in in most cases it will have a 20-minute warm-up 25 minutes with four laps for qualifying it doesn't say whether it's best lap or average so i'm assuming it's best lap probably that's different though i don't remember that being that way last year you got to have at least two drivers and you got to get the fair share. Stop and go every hundred incidents. And that might actually just be a drive through now. Um, and if you get a hundred incidents at at Le Mans, you're really doing it wrong. That's almost too high.
0: So how are we doing with our team and our planning for this?
3: Uh, right now, uh, we got basically me and greg looking wanting to run the lmp and a, a former teammate is going to join us and i think that's all we've got at the moment yeah um our elite west guys are all wanting to run the hpd uh and i was down with that uh but greg really wanted to run the lmp and i'm better in the lmp than i'm in the hpd so i'm good with that after my finish in that in that majors race last last week did we that was yeah that was the weekend before wasn't it or was that that was last sunday wasn't it
0: and we yeah, just I have, have less uh yet. yeah we have less road guys than we used to as well um this year i think yeah. i know mark's a, a road guy but he's probably he's not available so
3: he also doesn't like the LMP. it doesn't suit his it, he he has a play seat and he can't he can't left foot brake the the spike is in the way the cars are the standard Le Mans series cars. There has been some balance of power adjustments. Uh, they basically took the Nerf bat and smashed the Ferrari with a 20-kilogram penalty. Um, and they also hit the, the, the BMW and the Porsche with 10 and 15, respectively.
0: And the Ford done. Maybe the Ford's a car to be in then.
3: Well, they're based in when they base that decision for a special event, they're not just taking in the cars, you know, as you go from track to track, they're taking in the cars at that specific event.
0: Looking so at the tie lap times and stuff.
3: Yeah. And um, somebody was there. I think it was there in week 12 of the, uh, of, of the Lamont series last season. So they, they had plenty of data to pull off of that. So I have the next topic as well, which is S- Snell Racing is launching a race to learn series. And they're teaming up with Lionheart, which is their broadcasting team. And this is basically, uh, Ann and Larry have continued to have um, community races. And then they they had this one really big one together that had a lot of people. And it was multi-class and a lot of people were really excited for it. Uh, and then we had um, some drama uh, because you had... Uh, super experienced members racing with guys who've never been on a, on a, uh, on a track race before. Uh, and so lap one was basically like an IMSA race, a lot of, a lot of collisions at the very beginning. And so they decided they wanted to kind of focus on, on the education side of things and have a, have a series, a league that's built for learning for learners that are, you know, very early to the sim. Uh, and I'm, Going to be an instructor, particularly when it comes to multi-class racing. On that, I'm going to step in and give him a little bit of help on explaining how to be the slow car and how to be the fast car, because both cars have responsibilities every time they have an interaction. So, and
0: uh Larry's pretty good at road racing too, right?
3: Um, yeah, he did. I've not gotten gotten to be on track with him very much because whenever there's a, whenever they have an event, one of them is on kid duty, so that the other one can race.
0: Yeah, I, I saw one a, a video with him in the car instead of her, and it was different. But yeah, uh...
3: we did a short community race at at the uh, or this Sunday or Saturday, and it was I don't remember the track. It was no, it was Road America, and the the top class car was the was the Mercedes GT3. Uh, Annie ran that, and it was pretty interesting because I got behind her and another guy. I um something okay. happened that caused me to have to go off track and basically let the whole field go by. And I got all the way back up to second place. And it was funny when I got close to her, she got really irritated because she doesn't like to be pressured.
0: Put the pressure on, they make mistakes. That's part of it.
3: <laughs> yeah. The other guy that was right there with us, cause there was a while it was a three car race. He dive bombed both of us and overshot the turn six, which is the hard left-hander, I think. And and then I just had to set Annie up on a, to pass her after the kink. It was pretty fun though.
2: Transition. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so we have numbers. Um, 2020 season two numbers to be exact, and some some that kind of surprised me and some that didn't. I thought. But we'll start with the road first. I uh, participation was up over last year, big. But I don't know, I kind of thought it'd be bigger, like double, triple or something crazy. I look there, it looks like they're around, I don't know, near seventy thousand this time last year. And Roadside was pushing hundred thousand on participating
0: members this year.
3: It was closer to sixty thousand. So it was it was almost it was about a forty percent jump.
0: Well, from season one to season two, yeah, it almost doubled. But comparing it to season one of last year, oh, I see. right. Yeah. Our, well, season yeah, one of last
3: it, year was around forty thousand.
0: It was actually season two was the big year, uh the big one uh last year. It's interesting how different times of year has different participation levels. I bet Well I bet it, that spike is probably just all the racing
2: starting up, would be my guess. That kinda that probably gets people fired up to come yeah, race on the sim.
3: It's right around March. Yeah. Yep. Right around February and March.
4: Well you know when you get into like season three and season four, you got summertime, you got vacations, you got outside stuff happening so you know to see to see a drop season three um yeah even season four i guess you're just kind of winding down from summer that yeah, kind of all makes sense
2: but kind of so the number that did surprise me one i thought was kind of the craziest and this is even echoed even more so on the oval side but is the number of eye racers in the 1000 to 2000 range is most of the guys on the sim (laughs) it's like i think 75 probably 70 percent here maybe and 75 on the oval side are in that one to 2000 range that's where you kind of start and never get out of if you don't apply yourself you know yep that's what we talk how it's so hard to get out of bottom split like it's not that's bottom split up to about 2000 like you're just racing against such a huge pool of guys you never know what a guy is going to do in front of you behind you it's always getting caught up in something. It's hard to get out of there. Yeah. The I, big I remember thing,
3: being there because, because now, yeah, I'm seeing the same faces almost every race.
0: I think the big thing, like you said, is participation is the big thing that jumps out in these stats by Rob crouch from Australia. Thank you, Rob. He does great on these stats. Yeah. We always use talk about his stuff, but uh, yeah, it's just the amount of drivers in this spring of 2020 is just amazing. How much the uh our ranks have grown? It's really uh, shown right here. Yeah, and look so, at the license frequency graph. You can see all the rookies.
2: That's that big red scary. Yeah, thirty-three <laughs> percent is all rookie. It this, could just this, fall over and squish us all.
3: The national, one, when national or region club average I rating is is kind of funny. It must not be very good to be Celtic. Yeah, I noticed that. I didn't know there was a Celtic region. Why wouldn't that just be under UK? Is that is, does Scottish get their own region? I guess
0: they're independent. All right, let's keep going. I got Ty Majeski diecast one by twenty-four. Nice Motorsports Shop dot com is selling it uh, on pre-order, forty-five dollars, and it's got the iRacing colors. Guys, full sponsorship on the truck. Uh, Chevy Silverado man, it looks sharp, and I am tempted to get this for my office.
4: I'm surprised you, uh, you already don't have your order in, Mike. I mean, the, the, the price is certainly right, and it's a nice looking truck. Yeah, that's your boy, man. You got to get that thing.
0: Yeah, I was almost thinking, why isn't it Chase? Because Chase won, but they did tie Macheski. You have to have that one too. That one will be next. I I really kind of holding out for a cup car with the full iRacing sponsorship that's won a race. <laughs> Steve Myers.
4: Well, with that, I think I'm gonna go with uh with how Chris does this and just yell out transition. <laughs> and <laughs> um, we had uh I'm not sure if controversy is quite the right word, but uh some people got kind of hot here over uh VRS and they're they're claiming that they're breaking their own terms of agreement with their new add-on packs, and I think it was more of a little bit of a miscommunication more than anything else, from what I could understand. Um, but apparently, they have these new um, add-on packs that uh, are for the uh, less popular series, and they're just hoping to um, you know kind of make it worth their while to to produce these things because it takes time and, um, a lot of effort. And these a lot of these guys are, uh, you know, very busy doing other things. So, but, uh, you know, for, for people that have paid, uh, you know, a full year, um, and that is supposed to give them access to absolutely everything. Uh, now there's a paywall for, for some of this other stuff. And it, it, like I said, it's not much It's the less popular stuff. Um, but uh according to their terms of service they're supposed to you know announce that kind of thing and uh they did announce it but um unfortunately they just they didn't do it before they made the the actual change so um you know they did respond with that and uh i guess that's what it is Uh, i don't have a dog in this fight i don't subscribe to vrs so i really
3: yeah, I don't either. I do. It's bad form to advertise all over your website, unlimited access to all data packs, and then not give unlimited access to all data packs. I understand their justification for it, but fix your advertisement. If it fix what your website says, if, if you're going to say this package gets you unlimited and then you don't get it, it's, it's really bad form. Well,
4: I guess what better form would be is you know for them to announce it uh you know beforehand, but you know similar to what iRacing does is like okay, for those of you that have paid you know your your subscription, you're fine until the you know until you decide to renew um and then going forward, you're gonna have to you know pay extra for this other stuff
3: yeah, yeah it comes down to it, your website and what you're charging don't match.
0: Okay. Yeah. A lot of people on that thread. They're thirteen pages. Uh some people saying, Oh yeah, you're gonna get legal action. And other people were like, I'm gonna unsubscribe and other people don't care. You know, so there's a the whole gamut of emotions on this
3: thing. Well, you know, I rent, I don't buy, and I sign a lease once a year, and they can only increase the rent each time you re-sign a new lease. They can't come in in the middle of the year and say, well, oh no, because of coronavirus, we need to hike your rent a uh, hundred bucks or whatever.
0: Yeah. So, anyway, uh, if you're involved in VRS, you might want to check out that thread and see what's going on. There are representatives from VRS in the thread. Uh, the guy who's in charge of it is named Peter Dimoff and uh, from California.
3: So, on a more positive note, We've talked about these guys a few times now. Recently, uh, Carolina SimWorks LLC is now on a car, and it was at Martinsville. They're dry, They're they're sponsoring Joey Gase with Rick Ware Racing.
0: Nice looking car. I like the the big old logo. I mean, this guy. We talked about him just last week. He wasn't he the guy who did the Hickory Motor Speedway billboard right before iRacing scanned it.
3: Yeah, and I never got a reply from them. I guess I was too late.
0: But uh, now he's sponsoring up a Bush car here, and uh, or I mean a Xfinity car, and uh, cool, uh, good for him. I hope he gets him some business.
3: I wonder oh. how many firecrackers he can buy with that new business.
0: Lots.
2: Probably uh, four hundred. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I was too slow to get that, Tony. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, Landon Castle and Parker Klingerman are putting on a race to kind of follow up to um, Landon's qualifying challenge and to promote the old Firecracker 400 we used to love so much. Uh, The Firecracker 400 will utilize a recently released 1987 NASCAR Chevrolet Monte Carlo and 1987 NASCAR Ford Thunderbird. The race itself will take place at the pre-pre repaved 2007 Legacy Daytona International Speedway. The Firecracker 400 is open for registration. The link for which can be found here <laughs> on our podcast script or on um, Parker or Landon's Twitter pages. It's twenty-five dollars to enter with a ten-thousand-dollar purse. Wow, ten
0: thousand dollars! Yeah, it's pretty cool.
2: They're going to have a, a few qualifying races um, first, and then the very fastest will go to the main event, Firecracker 400, and I think they'll have a couple other smaller events to go along with it as well.
0: Now, Landon Castle, he wasn't kidding when he said he's going to turn into a promoter here. Uh, this yeah. is a pretty big event, big purse. Yeah, this is really cool, and he's put together a nice host. Uh,
2: see if I can get the uh, website pull up. He's put together a nice um, like eSports page for all these events. I think it's called E-Racer, E-R-C-R, but I can't get to pull up. Yeah, but he's
0: got yeah. A, an account, Twitter account or something set up for it. I saw that. Yeah,
2: so yeah, really neat. And so, yeah, I did end up entering. I figure, yeah, if, with any luck, maybe we could at least get the, the lounge paint into the main show and promote the podcast and... Just it—it it seems like something worth being a part of here in the early stages, because it seems like he's putting together something really cool. And um, but I am—I don't—we don't seem to have a whole lot of interest in, from Toposi, So if there's anybody out there
0: that wants to team up with me for this thing, let me know. Um. Yeah, I just don't want to pay twenty-five dollars. I guess. So, so you got to think of it don't. like sponsorship as a yeah. podcast sponsorship. Of
2: course, Let's then see, you have can, to
0: race your way into the main
2: event.
3: <laughs> I already have forty in the in the Pacific Major League, so
4: yeah, twenty five dollars. If you convert that to Canadian, I'd almost have to win that purse <laughs> just to make my
0: money back. So yeah, that's good reason. All right, next up, uh, a Road to Pro update. I thought it was interesting that KickinTheTires.net the tires dot actually wrote a feature article about top split of the Road to Pro at Richmond. And they're covering it just like real racing, man. It's pretty cool uh, that they're just covering a, a simple, you know, official iRacing race. Well, I guess it's Road to Pro. But they talked about Mitchell DeJong was the winner. Uh, and he held, uh, held at bay uh, Alan Bose, Femi Olat, um, and others uh, to take the win. He said, quote, I can't believe I won that race. It's insane, admitted DeJong. Back before the Roval, I was actually racing this track in the ARCA car just to farm some I rating I didn't realize it, but that helped me figure out the line. It makes testing so much easier. I was excited for this one because you can try to make a little more defense as a driver compared to Michigan where it's full throttle. So uh, pretty cool. Uh, kickinthetires.net and Seth Eggert uh, over there who wrote this article. Cool. Thanks, Seth.
2: Hopefully see more of this, the e-racing stuff spreading out into the everyday racing stuff. Hey, racing's racing, man. Yep, exactly. And uh, speaking of racing, we have done a lot of it on iRacing. (laughs) Steve Myers tweeted out yesterday, we have passed three billion laps.
0: Wow. We just talked about that two weeks ago, and we were guessing when. I think Tony said July. Yeah, well, that's the crazy thing is
2: the acceleration of it. So by these numbers, so he did with the tweet. He tweeted out the numbers. So in two thousand eight, when I is when I racing launched, two thousand fourteen is when they hit one billion, two thousand eighteen, two billion, two thousand twenty, three billion. So by that math next year
0: should be six billion right yeah it's it's going up exponentially yeah <laughs> exactly
2: it looks like uh the old computer math when processors actually now got there's stronger. only
0: six billion people in the world so i don't know if that'll work well this is laps not
2: people oh laps okay <laughs> yeah so it's just people we just need the same people to be a lot more dedicated all these new people come on you got you know you got practice a lot
0: every night every day yes all day yeah, pretty cool. And uh, Greg West also put up a post in the forums uh, com- about the moment. He said, I came on this morning and we were short of the uh, 3 billion mark by 200,000 laps. I came back after coffee and boom, he's over the, the, the 3 billion mark. Well, at least he shouldn't have to wait another two years. But think about that. We did 200,000 laps the time it took Greg to do coffee. <laughs> busy that's boggling all right it almost I'll seems train.
3: like uh, I, I started say, i've got a good transition it almost sounds like, like they plowed right through the laps
0: it's, it's
2: not smooth if you announce it
3: <laughs> well it's because mike stepped on top of me and you know but it's it it's entertaining to uh to um you know it's a casual setting
2: Remember, it's getting less smooth
3: all right um Ray Alfala, not happy with the fixed sets for B. He showed a picture of the tire results from a run that he did in 30 laps at Chicago. Right front was at 63. Right rear was at 91. That's pretty tight. I I would be not enjoying that level of tight on any set. It's one of the reasons I don't run fixed very often.
0: Well, it's saying something when you got your, uh, you know, your Coke champion, uh, out there starting a brand new thread called plow <laughs>
4: well i mean it, it's been no secret that the the fixed setups are you know extremely tight that's something that's been since forever for me um, so maybe with someone like ray alfala um, shining a light on it they'll uh, put a little maybe put a little bit more effort into those setups and make it a little bit more of an enjoyable experience running on the fixed side of things.
3: But maybe they almost need a, a collection of different skill level testers, like actually get some 2000 I rating guys to t- to take it out and run it and see what happens and then use the telemetry.
0: I honestly don't know how these setups are being produced. Uh, we used to know who actually uh, created them. I don't know if we know that anymore.
3: I might, I would guess that maybe somebody gets in there and they say, okay, here's, we're going to, we're going to get a little close to a baseline and we're going to just make it really tight because then they're not, at least not going to spin out.
0: This is too much and they've gone too far with it. Even the 87 cup car in the week 13, the cup car was looser. And then when we went into this week, it was tighter and it wasn't as fun as it was in week 13.
4: Well, here's something that we haven't heard about uh, in a while. It would be the Ignite series. And uh, so that question was posed. So no Ignite? Um, Someone asked that up in the forums. And uh, Tyler Hudson came back. And, uh, well, he's blaming on the pandemic. And, you know, for obvious reasons. um, They've just, uh, they haven't forgot about it. But it's kind of put on pause for now. Uh, you know, they're hoping, you know, near the end of the year, November, January ish to, to be able to do it again, but they got to be able to, to line things up to, you know, so they, cause they have NASCAR's uh, NASCAR support with it. Um, so it hasn't been forgotten uh, just on pause due to the pandemic and everything else going on. They want to be able to, to, to do it properly. So uh, just got to wait a little bit, I guess, and uh, hopefully things smooth out and get more things kind of back to normal-ish.
0: I think it's a good move. I mean, NASCAR's busy right now. I mean, they're doing two two races a week kind of thing and they just don't have the bandwidth to kind of support this, I think. And so put, trying to look at doing it off-season is a great idea because then we can really support it correctly. We can maybe even get it broadcast, who knows.
4: Yeah, it would definitely open up a lot more a lot more options and hopefully by then, you know, like I said before, you know, everything kind of settles down a little bit and uh and to reiterate what you just said is to to give it a good spotlight and you know let those uh let those young guys shine and and do their thing,
2: yeah, kind of the on along the same lines as that Tony of the young guys shine and do their thing, the pandemic has put a dampener on the the earn a ride at legends car as Charlotte that I did, but we do have our winners. They're just waiting to figure out how they're going to put on the race with the uh, pandemic going on. But the season one winners were Ryan Cunn from new England, Alex McCollum from New Jersey, blaze Crawford from Georgia, Ryan Duchette from new England, Logan Clampett from California season two, Tyler Shaduck from California matt cocker from pennsylvania bart hector jr from the northwest region robbie Keneally from the west region and ellie musgrave from the northwest region and these are still going on so if you want to drive a real legends car like don't let these guys be the only one doing it that boy logan clampett he wins everything yeah, he does. He's, he's, in the, he's in every one of the contests they do, it seems like. He doesn't mess around. So I said, don't let him have it all. Go give him a run for his money. Yeah,
0: somebody needs to go out there and, and take that from him. So Nothing against you, Logan, but we'd like yeah,
2: we like to see can't some other do it. people. We're just saying, somebody should.
3: <laughs> You're not calling him like a Jimmy Johnson of the virus, are you? Everybody he's he's trying, winning, man.
0: Or... Okay, uh, next up, uh, a neat post. I, I'm kind of nostalgic, but uh, somebody went looking in the database for the first official public race in on iracing.com and uh they think they found it uh they got a link to the results it was held in uh may 31st of 2008 at 9 p.m it was a skip barber's car at summit point and uh, the winner shannon whitmore who used to be a iracing employee actually um Darren Marsh was second, Brad Davies, who's the current Coke driver, third. Some other names I, I recognize uh, down in uh, down the list, John Gorlinski was in that race. He's also a Coke driver right now. Now, the other thing is when you look at the results, they all have I rating, uh, and it's all different. And so... Um, the so Shannon Whitmore had a i rating of uh, forty nine nineteen, which was the highest in the group. And so you would think, if it's the official, uh, first official race, that the i rating would be the same. Well, some people in the uh, that have been around since the beginning in the thread indicated that um, i rating actually started be, being built when it was still in beta, and a lot of those people were in the beta and had built up their I rating, uh, before this first official one, uh, apparently this is the race that took place after it became alpha came out of beta. Well,
4: yeah. And then if, if you go further down and in, into that discussion, they're not even sure if this one's the actual first, um, official race. Um, cause there was, someone was saying that, you know, at this time it was, um, it was a broader amount of people on the service, but I think it was still mostly uh, invites. So it was just right at the tail end of, you know, all the like alpha beta stages.
0: Pretty cool. I wish I was around for the beginning, but I wasn't. But uh, there are a lot of people that were and it's kind of neat to hear them talk about it. Next up, uh, housekeeping notes. Uh, I want to mention, Tony, you and Chris... Doing full-fledged editing on the script, cleaning up, uh, doing a great job. Thank you. Uh, it does take a team to run this podcast. I know I get a lot of the attention as a host, but uh, I just gather content, and you guys uh, organize it. So thank you. Don't forget to check those show notes. There's a lot of work that goes into those. There, uh, It's at Adobe. We put it on uh, Google Drive. There's a link to it in the description of every podcast. Don't forget we're at the Performance Motorsports Network, and with that, let's jump to hardware software.
3: Will this computer run iRacing? Not now.
0: First up, uh, the VRS Direct Force Pro DD Wheel System review by our buddy Barry. Barry over there at Sim Racing Garage. He finally gets his full review in, and uh, I think he likes it was basically what I noticed, uh, you know, as far as conclusion.
3: Yeah, you watch any of the reviews, and not only does he walk you through a sim, he pulls it apart and shows you what's good in the construction. He can find places where people take shortcuts. So it's, it's one of the most valuable resources out there is his channel.
0: Yeah, and if you're in the, in the market, I mean, this is a, a must-watch just to see the product, you know, and, and what you're buying and how it works, how you put it together, that kind of thing. Yeah,
2: I think this is going to be the one I end up going with when I upgrade wheels. I, get, it has, I don't need the power and the price that the Fanatec has, but I want that direct drive fidelity, and so I think this is the way to go.
0: So it's eight hundred dollars for the system, um, but if you get the hub adapter and motor mount, it's another hundred. So it's basically nine hundred with everything you need.
2: Yeah, I don't That's know how you guys. That's not a wheel. I, gonna, I don't know how you guys drive with that direct drive stuff. like my, my crappy master's wearing me out in those eighty-seven cars.
3: I uh, I almost didn't make it through the Indy five hundred. It was I had it on seventy percent, and I I don't believe that Mike is really running 100%. I think it's turned down somewhere else in the settings. Must Uh, be. Because I'm telling you, uh, especially over those 500 miles, uh, there is pain. Cramps in the forearms.
2: It seems like that's the only place where that, from what I'm seeing, that seems to be the only place where that um, setup seems to be lacking from the Fanatec is the power. The Fanatec one has a lot more. But I don't know that I need that much more. That one, actually, the VRS, compared to my Thrustmaster, that one, just raw power, the VRS has about five times more power than what I currently have. So I think that'll be plenty. I don't know that I need twice as much as that with that DD-1.
0: Right. Okay. So next up is the new VR. It's HP Reverb G2. $599. $599 it's a uh, windows headset to get excited about says the verge. And,
3: yep, and I actually checked this one out. Uh pretty pretty neat. Basically to summarize the article is that this guy thinks it has the best clarity and it has to do with with the glass that they're actually using. Okay. It's running the same resolution as their first reverb, but they've improved the basically the material of the glass to pr- produce an to produce more clarity and, le- and l- even less screen door effect.
2: I can see that. Cause you, I know you can probably kind of see in the riff, like how they have always had the, you don't get your eyes quite right in the lenses. You always get a little bit of a blur to them.
0: I bet it has, you could tell there was room for improvement there. Yeah. My takeaway on the articles, there's two of them. There's uh one from road to com, and then the com. And uh, my takeaway was, it's a nice upgrade from what the G2 was before. The the reverb was before um, this new version. Like you said, has the diff- better materials as far as the glass. Um, they they basically have fine tuned it into a better product. That was my takeaway. But man, if I was looking at buying, this might be something you want to look at. And
2: also, uh, track racers doing some upgrading on their stuff as well. So they already their um, sim rigs have already already pretty good for I don't know I guess being customizable, kind of making them you know adjust them however you want to fit what your situation is. But now they have what they've been missing is a proper keyboard tray that you could have on your lap or same thing. And I'm sorry, the keyboard tray or wheel mount. That bounce on your lap, but you can swivel up out of the way so you can get out of your rig. And when you can mount it back down, it would still be a secure mount. And that's what most rigs that do this don't have. You might have that swivel, but it does it's wobbly, not secure. They say they fix that. The video looks like they said fix that. But
4: <laughs> well, just from the pictures they use on this, it looks like a you know a, a really solid design. Um Definitely an upgrade to any 8020 rig, 100%. Like you said, a lot of them seem very wobbly and spinny.
2: Yeah, I don't know that. Yeah. Seen, yeah, it seems like they, they managed to do all the adjustability without having all any of that play somehow so far. So I'm sure this is just as good.
0: Now, this isn't only for the track racer uh, rigs, it's uh, compatible with any eight millimeter T slot extrusion rigs. So if you have eighty twenty, uh, you could get you the keyboard tray. Check them out. Okay, I'll take the next one. Uh, PT actuator five DOF motion system review, part two: the electronics and wiring. Uh, yeah, this is another uh, great video by Barry at Sim Racing Garage that we uh, that he put out in the last few weeks. But, uh, yeah, he really gets into it. Um with the pt actuator system uh this thing is a beast when you look at the end of the video where where everything is like you know up and running and uh he's like kind of got it all wired and man it's it's a lot to it
3: and can you hear me now i had a mic yeah we lost you all right, I uh, got it fixed. And yeah, I gave this one a watch all the way through, really. And he had some final thoughts. Uh, like I said, he, he always talks about the quality. He was impressed with the quality. Um, the video sh- going to make it easy, pretty easy to build. And um, one of the things that he was particularly impressed with was the cabling. All of the cabling has a lot of EMI shielding in it uh, so that you don't have signal problems as you're running all of those different signals and power throughout your rig.
0: I was just surprised, I guess, by the sheer amount of wiring. Why is there so much wiring? I just don't get it.
3: Well, it seems every actuator has a data cable, I guess, and a power cable. Uh, and, and it has, and all of those have to run from the controller. So,
0: I mean, when you look at the rig at the very end, a picture of the final man, the thing is stacked away. I mean, he's got the, the slide thing on the bottom. He's got the D box above it. Uh, it's just the craziest motion system. Um, do you recall the price on this one? This one's crazy, I'm sure it's high.
3: Um, let's can we just call Diddy Hamlin a price?
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so the website is pt actuator.com, and I jumped on there real quick to kind of look. The Mega Monster Actuator Kits. Yeah, no price. And you know what that means.
4: (laughs) Cha-ching! Okay. Well, I think we may have a first here. Now, this is uh, a sim racing company, but they are out of Slovakia. I don't believe we've uh, covered one from that country yet.
0: Nope, that'll be new.
4: So this is at... uh, gperformance.eu and any they they sell it all um it's all it's all very high-end stuff uh like semi-cube uh direct drive wheels Huskenveld pedals and shifters uh you can buy a full pc there they'll they'll they've got a couple of uh you know pre-built offerings
0: um Simlab. everything Yeah, this hit my radar because people were looking for the Heiskenfeld pedals, and they had them in stock. And I just checked; they don't anymore. But that's how it kind of hit my radar. But yeah, like you said, if you're looking for high-end sim equipment, which is kind of hard to find right now, uh, you might check this source. Yep, just another offering. Uh, You know, for
4: us, it's it's quite a ways away. But uh, you know, I know we got lots of listeners across the pond. And certainly a lot of sim racers across the pond, so this could be a great option for them.
2: Uh, let's say next we have a question: forty-nine ultra wide or triple thirty-two modders.
0: Chris, this what could actually
4: this could actually help me. So please tell me what is the best.
0: Well, the <laughs> poll is uh, answered. You got ninety votes. Sixty-three percent voted on the triples
2: yeah and i mean with nothing else to go by that seems like a no-brainer because you just you can't get proper field of view on a single monitor and <laughs> so right now when sam races actually we're so she doesn't she doesn't like vr so we have to set up we don't really have a properly sized monitor for this they're all too small or too big so we have like a 47 inch tv sitting probably three feet away from her face and it's not a good field of view. Way too tall, not wide enough. And even with that forty nine inch um ultra wide, it's still not gonna be wide enough. It's gonna be too tall, not wide enough. You're gonna want triples to get a decent field of view. But of course that, you know, it's a lot easier to just set a one T B on a table. You're probably it's not a lot harder to do with a three monitors. You're probably gonna want a rig or at least a special stand. So I mean there's other stuff to consider, but yeah, just that, which that's is better. The
0: Right there, Chris, is the triples are harder because you gotta figure out how to put them in the right place.
2: And it's way with, more demanding on hardware. So I mean there there is other stuff to consider, but right. yeah, triples is definitely better.
0: Because well, with the one monitor, you just put it on your desk and you're done. So
4: the reason why I really want to know this is you know, I've talked on here and on the aftermath that I'm, you know, building a whole nother rig, another computer, whole whole nother setup uh for Lisa to race with. And this is the conundrum that i'm up against i have you know three decent options now i don't know if you guys have ever seen a 49 inch in person um i have and they're freaking huge and they're not very uh they're not very tall but they do have a lot of they do have a lot
0: of window space um i think 119 fov versus a 174 you'll get with triples, and that's really the the difference is you're going to get a, a, a not a bad FOV with a single, but it's not the same as a triple. You're not going to see out the turn your head to the left and right like I do and see out the side windows.
4: Right. So the issue that I have right now with my computer is like I have triples I actually have four monitors hooked up to my computer and I'm kind of maxing it out. So when I when well, you know when I stream my races and stuff like uh, Bristol, that was terrible. Like I, I actually parked it and just shut her down because it was running so rough. Um, so if I just have one monitor, say a 49 inch, I'm not going to get that field of view, but it won't be so taxing on my system. And then, you know, the other option as well is, is VR. And I am considering that as well. So, um, it's, it's a real tough, like, what do you want to do? Right? Like you got the 49 inch or the, the triples. I love my triples. I've got 27 inch, uh, triples. Um, but with everything that I do, um, It's kind of taxing my system a little bit, and um, you know, like my computer's older, but it's it's still absolutely no slouch. uh, Oh, interesting.
2: It's a very personal decision, Tony, and you and Lisa are going to need to sit down and decide what kind of rig you want to adopt.
0: (laughs) Well, you have two rigs. uh, Maybe you have one of each.
4: Well, yeah. So what my my original thought was the the new one that I'm going to build. I'm going to build it. With newer stuff make it just a little beefier so i can run the triples um without a lot of issue and then the older computer i was kind of thinking about the 49 inch but you know here's the other caveat those damn things are you know at least for me they're over a thousand dollars now do i want to put a thousand you know a thousand dollars on top of you know 12 1500 i'm already going to put in the computer
2: i don't know what's your fourth monitor is that something you could do away with for a bit for the other rig and what is it big enough
4: well, the, my fourth monitor is a 32-inch just cheap, like, $88 Walmart TV. Um, can I do away with it? No, I need it. I have to have it. <laughs>
0: I need number four. There you go.
4: Oh, yeah. Transition. My bad. Uh, so we got an Instagram post up from uh, SimCore and they they have a new well, – the dashboard is now back in stock in uh, – in black. So they, I guess they expect to see the rest of the colors, um, soon by the end of the month. And I have, I don't have the, the link opened up. So I'm hoping this isn't like a post from like April. Um, now they say they, that, uh, this new batch, uh, does have a new feature and It has the option to put the USB cable connector to the bottom of the frame in order to be able to bring the screen as close possible to the dash. And you can select the position of the connector in a drop down menu on the order page in our web shop because I'm reading right from the script. Um, Yeah, so uh, new options and
0: uh, very cool. This this is awesome. I I don't know about the price though. $275 and it's designed to show the Z1 dashboard software, which you have to pay monthly for as well. So it's kind of expensive. It would work great with my DD one. It literally mounts with the two top screws right on the top of the base. And it would literally be right behind the wheel. Now I have uh, a a jerry rigged kind of system. That's similar to this, which is consists of a a mobile iPhone holder. That's kind of wedged on top of the, the steering wheel base between the center monitor. And it's holding an old iPhone 5S, and it accomplishes basically the same idea for a much lesser price. But, boy, if you're looking at something nice, uh, this is a nice little addition to a DD1. And it comes in different colors, too. they got some bright uh, yellow, blue, and red, as well as this black and carbon fiber look. I like it. It's
3: pretty neat looking. I have the next one. It's um, a... A couple of guys head over to Essex in the UK and visit Twenty One Performance, and there's a they have a Radical Sports Car SR3 simulator, Uh, and there's actually another sim, more standard sim rig that you see towards the end of the video, Uh, but it looks like you're sitting in a Radical, and then it's got this huge panoramic half uh, single projection, I think, screen uh, that goes all goes all the way around, uh, super wide, um, and it's motion but you actually see the car itself with the chassis and the and the body of the tub bouncing whenever you hit curbs
0: yeah we've talked about these guys before but they got this new rig uh yeah like you said it looks like the radical it's pretty uh, freaking awesome and
3: then even the the rig they show at the, at the end of the video looks pretty standard and almost more like an 8020 partially it's got some pieces that don't look 8020 and some that do. Um, But those are huge monitors. Okay. What size would you say they are?
0: I don't know. 42?
3: Yeah, they're up there. Looks nice if you got the money.
0: Okay, I got the next one. This is a a company called acelith.com. A-C-E-L-I-T-H and they have mods It says click on the name of your steering wheel to filter the results, and they have G27, G29, the G920, and so forth for Logitech, but they also got the uh, T300, T300, uh, T300RS, and so forth, Uh, so they have mods. So, like, if you pick G920, for example, uh, you can click on their F1-style rim for the Logitech G920, and then when you look at it, man what a what a wheel man it looks pretty awesome um what is that price is that 66 euros or is that six thousand euros i can't really tell i think they're like 70 bucks that says that's what they start 70 at, so dollars okay yeah, so
2: so yeah it's what they start at i don't know what they're made out of but that's a decent starting price the only i couldn't find any good um stock car rims though it's a
0: tons and tons of open wheel stuff open wheel yep and these are like i think 3d printed or maybe that's why they're cheap but red and yellow and uh they you got some pretty good button placement and whatnot paddles the whole thing well i think what they're doing is they're they're using the
4: just the regular setup um when you take the you can take the wheels off the g29s and stuff and um they're separate from those buttons so this just kind of fits around uh the existing buttons but just replaces ah. the wheel itself
2: so you didn't still
4: bolt the
0: actual wheel and put a new one on it
4: yeah that's right that's right but mm-hmm. still for like 75 euros um that, that's that's an extremely reasonable price
3: i don't know There, at a glance there are several different button configurations they're not always in the exact same place some of them have some of them have the the like the Xbox style or PlayStation style controller on the right, and some of them don't. Well, that would
4: go uh, depending on whether you're at a G twenty nine or G nine twenty, right?
0: Now, that there's several out. different ones there to to pick from. So,
3: um, and they are sold out of almost everything because of, I, I guess they can't manufacture right now.
0: All right, let's keep moving.
4: Yeah, we have. Uh a Facebook post from uh, Ernesto Frida's uh, first Luso motors. And he's got like a, like an F one style uh, seat. It's um, uh, where is it there? Yeah. The a single shell uh, seat for your rig. Um, it, uh, <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. It looks like a seat, it, like an F one seat. Um, clean but it's like give it
0: any... a it's like a mold or something like a plastic molded
4: yeah yeah sorry that's right i guess i could have could have said that it would make a lot more sense um he doesn't have any pricing on these so i guess you gotta uh contact him and so i mean he's got more options coming um in the in the future like double shell and extra large sizing and stuff like that but i mean it's uh other than it's it's plastic it looks exactly like what you would uh, you know, put into a real car, but I imagine it'd be a lot cheaper than.
0: Down in the comments, he does add, uh, say pricing. He said the first simpler model is already available. The dual shell version will be available in a few weeks. Price for the first model is 246 euros. Top of the line version will be 369 euros.
4: Any David, you might you might better know this. So how does that compare to like a? A real style seat that
0: would go in those things.
3: Uh, what was the price?
0: Three sixty nine euro.
3: Um, there's, they range anywhere from. If you're talking about a bucket seat, they can range anywhere from one ninety nine to eight ninety nine.
0: There's no holes for belts. Uh, somebody pointed out. Um, if you wanted to add belts, it would be a problem. But I also wonder how you mount it. Um, you know, how do you screw it down? You know, to a rail or something. But, yeah, check him out. All right, let's keep on moving. I'm going to do uh, – we're we're running out of time here, so I'm going to go to the next one, the rig review. Uh, this one is uh, Sim Racing Pros put up a Facebook post, um, and it said, finally, the projection. And he, it's three pictures, and I've never seen so much 80-20 in my life. I mean, this guy – it's got some 8020. Now the rig he's sitting on is tubular. It is an 8020. The 8020 is the projection system. So imagine this. He's got a tubular cockpit with a wheel and, and seat. Surrounding that is this very large 8020 uh projection screen setup that's basically kind of the same style as triples but it's a one continuous projection screen and then there's 8020 above his head where he has triple lcd projectors projecting onto those screens and uh boy quite a setup for the the screens anyway and uh like i said i don't think i've ever seen so much 8020 in one place (laughs) this is a bit of a sight to behold really um you
4: got this like you said, it's this huge, elaborate setup to hold his uh, projectors. And then there's this little tiny rig right down at the bottom. Looks very
0: much, you know, out of place. Minimalistic. Yeah.
3: If that seat was detachable, it'd also make a decent movie theater.
0: It's just overboard, I think. uh, But, I mean, it's functional, I guess. I mean, he needed to get the projectors in a very certain spot, you know, to be able to to hit the screens just right, and you know, with eighty twenty, you can pretty much build whatever you want.
4: Well, this could also be just a like a work in progress too, right? Like, you know, maybe a few months down the road, a few months to a year, we might see some really cool additions to this because it looks like it's set up. Uh, you know, because it is so elaborate, it kind of looks like it's set up to to do a lot more than what it's doing right now.
2: Well, that's the part of the fun part of this hobby, right? Like with your rigs, sometimes the things are going to get weird. <laughs> Mr. Um, Crocs.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, things do get weird. So if, if well, that's what the case is here, I fully understand.
1: <laughs>
0: triple projectors is a big project because you got to have some kind of uh, device or software or hardware that will split the video signal partly amongst the three projectors and then there can't be lag and i used to be in commercial audio video and this is no easy task trust me
2: and i just see that's what like this is just the beginning of the project like he said he has a, a final vision and it's going to be parking a monster truck where his rig is because <laughs> <laughs> he could he could do it with the size of the screens because you can make them pretty much you can knock out some walls make them as big as you want man
0: okay and with that let's go to fantasy
3: podcast of fantasy league in a casual setting
0: well we've uh,
4: we've had two races uh to collect points this week and uh i tell you a lot of movement going on and you know with so much racing happening all at once um and especially with you know like back-to-back tracks and um just with the season kind of being out of kilter it it's it's getting tough to like who do we choose who do we pick like um we got to hold back a little bit here because boy oh boy like i said you know i've i've pounded this one you only have so many so many guys uh, you can only use them so many times so um it, it's it's making it really really tough i mean uh you got so many short tracks in a row and you know you got your short track guys and you want to be able to use them and and take advantage but there's also other tracks down the road that they're really good at too so you know what do you do well um that that's the fun of fantasy i guess so this week here we had quite a bit of movement um a couple of a couple of new names uh bounced right into the top 10 uh mike congratulations you got on the right
0: app and, I, I, fi- I figured out the right app and I'm back.
4: Yeah, yeah. And boy, did you take the, the standings by storm. Um, that was, you went from 16 and you're sitting up in seventh right now. Like that's a, that was a huge, huge jump. And uh, another uh, notable mention I want to give out is uh, KBM 54. He was uh, down in 15th and he was able to creep himself just inside the top 10 sitting in 10th place. So, um, you know, with winners, there are some losers, a couple of people got the boot out of the top 10. So impossible girl, she dropped out yeah. and uh, our teammate, Steven Llewellyn. I think he had about the biggest drop. He went from uh, fifth all the way down to 15th. So I think he may have, uh, you know, missed a race, if not both races. And um, unfortunately, uh, that is, that is
0: going to hurt. Was, cause... Somebody was bragging big time this week about, uh, who was that?
3: That, that was, Tony, was Mr. Rochet. Yeah. Tony climbed up.
0: <laughs> oh, I see.
2: Uh, yeah. He's still like 18th. I thought maybe, I thought who's KBM anyway, because I thought maybe that was Tony and i would scroll down. There's like, no, there's Tony. He's down there. 18th.
3: Kyle is actually in our fantasy league. He just, he's just keeping it secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> well, yeah. Mr. Roche he was, uh. Uh, he was really slinging some mud at everybody like, Oh yeah, look at me go. It was for the one race. Didn't uh, you know, he made a little bit of a gain in the, in the grand scheme of things. um, But it's the upward trajectory. I mean, we're, we're, I don't even think we're at the halfway point yet. So lots of races to go, lots of points to be had Um, quick rundown of the top 10, just in time. He's still holding out strong in first place. Um, GI Jojo 24 uh, surpassed me. Knocked me down a spot for second. I'm in third. Smiling Ninja jumped up a few spots into fourth place. Laird Racing's fifth. Chris, you're you're out of your uh, you're out of your tie. You're holding six all by yourself. Mike, congratulations on seven. T. Bob's eight. Kerry Seal is in ninth. And like we mentioned, KBM uh, rounds out our top ten. Lots of lots of fun this week. And uh, don't forget to get your picks in for this Sunday.
0: That's right. I need to do an update. Make sure I get on the right app. I'm doing both apps now to try to make sure I got this covered. Well, that's
4: always a safe bet. I'm, I don't, I don't I'm not privy to the other to the other app. That one I think is just uh, just for United States people only.
0: So it, it's something NASCAR was pushing, uh, but you can apparently win money with it, and uh, I'm trying to win money. So
4: yeah, and that's that's why it's not open to outside of the states is because money's involved.
0: Okay. Let's jump to results. Let's finish up Michigan Friday open David P 21. I think it was top split and you said you were slow.
3: Yeah, I made an adjustment and pre-race just trying to make it a little better. And yeah, it was just slow a couple. Um, and at the end I tried, I put too much tape on at the very end. And that cost me a couple of spots because I had to back off with the overheating on like a five lap run.
0: Okay, I ran, I got P15. I had actually a solid top 10 going until a former teammate actually ran out of talent and took out the entire pack, including me, but still was able to get 15th out of it. Tony Rochette, uh, car got damaged from a door bang. Nothing to write home about. Um, And then we'll jump to Sunday open. Uh, David, you got the P9.
3: Yeah, I did a little bit better this time around. Uh, Top split again. Um, I made some better adjustments I went I went too tight the, the week the night before or the two nights before so I loosened I loosened it up like crazy um, I got taken out early by somebody who took us three wide and couldn't hold his line took me out um, but then I, I managed to stay on the lead lap and I found something about the other damage model that I wasn't gonna say anything about but now that they've kind of cut it uh, it seemed like if you go ahead and go in and fix some of the damage, you lose a lot of that critic, or you lose a lot of the critical part of the damage, because once I fixed some of the damage, I was able to hang on to the back, and then after a few cautions, I got it all fixed and was right back, right up, back up towards the end, and capitalized on the um, some really bad carnage at the end.
0: All right, get some uh, I rating there. Go with it, and this week uh, we move on to Sonoma. Man, not my favorite, but I got to get a start to get some points since we're running for points. And so uh, Wednesday open, uh, I'll go first. I got P17. I actually was running top 10 for like 10 laps at the beginning before I kind of faded. But I was in trouble (laughs) before this race started. I got a few, I showed up a few minutes early. I was... Trying to get some laps in and i was wrecking
3: everywhere wait a second you showed up 10 minutes early it's like a was it 10 minutes but it's like a how many
0: laps is that that's three laps at sonoma but anyway uh i was in trouble but somehow when the race started i was able to keep it on the track and uh just go slow and get my way around there and i'll take that p17 for sonoma i am one and done and uh glad to have my points for the week and to move on greg Hectus was in my split. He got pole position by a lot. I mean, how fast was he, David? Do you remember? It was like four he tenths had more than everybody else.
3: Yeah, he had everybody cleared by at least half a second, I thought.
0: Yeah, half a second, I think, on the field. And so I was telling Greg right at the beginning, "Look, dude, you just need to gap them at the beginning, so you're uh, out of the trouble, you know, away from them, and just take it easy." And that's what he did. And uh, Greg. Uh, got the win congratulations on the NIS win uh he was confident man I mean he woke up that morning saying hey I'm gonna win today guys and he was right and he called it and he did it
3: well Greg is is our best driver on a road course in a stock car
0: yeah I told him to keep keep going and farm it man
3: we, we scratch our heads because uh, he's so much faster at Sonoma or, or Watkins Glen but uh we go to Lamont and jump jump in either the Ferrari or the or the Porsche LMP and it and the rolls flip. I, I guess I just had a lot more track time in those cars. And I did okay in my race as well. I got P14 top split, clean race. Most of the screwballs stayed home and at Sonoma, everybody really is just doing their best to not mess up themselves. So you don't really have to Fight with cautions or people who get get a late race caution and think, "Oh, all right, now I can steal some positions."
0: Right, you just got to keep it on track. And then you ran earlier today, P
3: eight. Mm hmm. Um, the strength it was top split again, but there was only two splits, I think. Strength field was a little lower. Uh, I was actually car number nine, and and got in an incident this time actually. Uh, somebody pushed me into somebody else. I survived it, got back on the track, and was able to uh, climb back up to P eight.
0: Okay. Uh, Other official, Tom Dryling got a P12 and rode to pro. I think the rest of us are pretty much done with that. Him and Phil or Phil Gary still running that. But Tom got a P12. He said, well, at least I know that too many uh, penalties is a drive-through and it works. That was the only positive from that one, he said.
3: Both he and I also ran at Le Mans this weekend in the... uh, pacific majors he runs in the european division he had a p12 in class he ran the hpd he could have had another spot but he made a mistake and missed the start um thought he had he basically made it he pulled a mic he, he was late for the race there you go and i'm uh i had my best finish ever in in a league race even though even though i won the uh, coke 600 that was second pro split so second out of four splits uh this time i was i made the top split qualified I was excited with how well I qualified because I qualified fourth and I finished P2 overall. Uh, so that's my high, that's my first top split podium in a, in a really tough league, you know, running around guys like Christian Chandler. So I'm pretty excited on that one. I even got to be on TV. I got interviewed.
0: Very cool. All right. Good job there. Uh, you know, that's a pretty impressive run. I've been running uh, official this week, NASCAR Legends. I intend to run this for series points, Um, and uh, I got a win. And so I got another official win. Um, I got a couple thirds uh, this week, but I got a win last night, and boy, am I happy. I really feel like this car is the hardest car on the Oval Series on the service right now to win in. Um, It is tough to drive and uh, to get out there and actually win the race. uh, Yeah, I'm really happy with that as a start. Uh, Looking at the points for Division 2, I'm 82nd in points with a win. Uh, So, boy, that's, uh, I got a lot. Is that overall
3: or Division 2?
0: It says Division 2. If I click overall, I'm 227th in points.
3: You're talking about the, the Legends. Okay.
0: Yeah, the legends, and so even with a win, I'm uh, 227th overall. Well, when but, I got
3: that podium finish last week, uh, when I finally well not that, when I finally got that first top ten and top split, it was more points than any of my wins this year.
0: Yeah, you got to be in the higher splits to do well in points. But anyway, I got as much points as I'm gonna get this week, so I'm real happy with that. It looks like there's over over 3,500 people that participated so far this week in the NASCAR Legends. I encourage everybody to get out there and join us. It is fun. Now, the other race I ran was the Sprint Car Pavement uh, official on Tuesday night. They gather on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern for a strength of field uh, race, and there were 22 entries, and I think I finished 14th, but... That car also is one of the hardest ones ever, and uh, I really enjoyed running with those guys, too. And with that, let's jump to final thoughts. Chris Scales. I had something I forgot,
2: but uh, <laughs> maybe next, before you thank Tony Groves for doing such a good job on the script, maybe you should look it over for whiny Sandhills next time.
0: <laughs> Did I miss one? Oh, no, no,
2: no, you, you didn't miss them. No I think
3: I think we actually did miss one. I think we skipped over one of the topics in hardware, but we'll catch it next time. Okay, David Hall,
0: final thoughts.
3: So on top of all the other success, I'm having a good year. Uh, I hit a new milestone, and I've crossed the four thousand I rating barrier.
0: Nice. Always well, we wondered if you uh, had a wall there, but it looks like you broke through.
3: Well, Sonoma. You know the the n i s races were a little bit tougher, a lot more competition, but I ran three a opens just getting ready and had a third, third, and second so it was it was actually somewhat farmable
0: okay, very good Tony groves final thought
3: Well,
4: I have a whole lot of racing to talk about per se not on uh not on my end anyways, but uh tomorrow night I know uh my wife's uh racing and the uh, the powder puff race and uh, I'll be sitting on a spotter box hopefully trying to help her out and um, I know Chris is going to be spotting for his there so really looking forward to that. that's going to be a that's going to be a great time in fact uh, I know Lisa's itching to get on here to get uh, one last round of practice in she's really getting into this eye racing thing she even texted me and told me not to take too long after we stop recording she's told me not to uh, uh, no, no jibber jabber afterwards. So once uh, once we stop recording here, I'm gonna have to bail out real quick so I don't get my butt kicked, and she can get on there and get her practice in.
0: It sounds like you need to get that second rig going.
2: <laughs> I was gonna say I haven't gotten word yet that I was gonna lose my rig tonight, but it kind of sounds that way. Surprise!
0: <laughs> You're on a need to know basis. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
3: So your Christmas present's gonna be another rig. Better be.
0: All right. Well, my final thoughts thanks to Taylor Burris coming by again and talking about uh, Burning Rubber Radio and the Project Canine charity race that we're going to get involved with. I hope some of the Coke drivers uh, help us out and uh, come join us uh, and so forth uh, to help us with uh, raising money for those canines. Uh, What a great cause. My uh, thoughts man, I'm really enjoying the NASCAR legends, like I said. Uh, to get a win at Daytona, you know, without a restrictor plate, you know, I'm not a restrictor plate guy. I'm just a Daytona guy, I guess. I guess you could say that now, but, uh, I had a couple thirds. I had a first, um, real happy. I'm going to run that again tonight. I'm going to run it every night. I'm uh, at least for Daytona week and looking forward to the short tracks and to see if I can stack up there as well. Probably not, but I'm going to stay positive and we'll see how it goes. And with that, we'll see you on the track. Later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.